Welcome to Crawl Space. I'm Tim here today with Lance. What's up, Lance? What is going on, sir? How are you today? I am doing well. And Lance, for this episode, I am really trying to keep it straight <laughs> in my head. Uh, this story is absolutely insane. This is uh, one of the ones that has like this whole spider web effect where um, I feel like that that meme of Charlie from Always Sunny in Philadelphia where like everything's connecting and he's driving himself crazy. Yes. It's a tragic story. I don't want to make this seem like I'm putting a, a humorous spin on it, but there are so many names with this. Uh, a lot of people follow this case. It's Lori Vallow's case. Um, her, her husband, Charles Vallow, was shot on July 11th, 2019 by Lori's brother, Alex Cox. And so begins the series of events that unfolds names, dates, children missing, a cult. It's crazy. Yeah, and so that's really where we pick up in the episode. And our friend Gray Hughes from Gray Hughes Investigates, uh, people on YouTube, friends of John Lord and likely, uh, know who Gray Hughes is. He was also part of Three Men in a Mystery, or is part, I should say, um, of the podcast with Mike Morford and John Lord. And so he's... He's out there, and he joined us on a live Get Vocal show that we did last Monday, about a week ago. And uh, so we're using most of the audio from that to talk about the case of Lori Vallow. And it does start off at that moment that you said there, where Lori Vallow's brother kills her husband at the time. So Alex kills Charles. And we have to, we feel like we have to be clear because this is really confusing. Yeah, it does get confusing. There are so many names and there are so many uh, relations. It's not just uh, names that aren't related to each other. There's names of people who are related to the victims who also have some sort of hand in everything. Uh, and the real victims here, I think the only important date that we really need to um, highlight is September 23rd, 2019, which was just a couple of months after uh, Charles Vallow was shot and killed. The children, Tylee Ryan and her half-brother, J.J. Vallow, um, went missing, and they haven't been seen since then. Yeah, that's right. And and so, obviously, if anyone has any information, there is the appropriate uh, number in the show notes to call. And if anybody wants more information, uh, maybe they could follow along. Check out this website. It's called Analytics, and I think Gray even mentions it in the episode. It's Analytics, A-N-N-I-E-L-Y-T-I cs.com and it is all about this case and it is actually written and um the the website is built by uh tylee ryan's aunt annie cushing okay everybody and so you, you'll hear the entire uh, spider's web uh, unfold as we uh talk with gray hughes on get vocal and if you want to join us live this Thursday night, we are doing another Get Vocal show, 9 p.m. Eastern, this Thursday night on Get Vocal. It will stream live to Twitter, Facebook, and our YouTube pages. But if you want to interact directly, the best place to do that is on Get Vocal, G-E-T-V-O-K-L.com. And be sure to check out crawlspace-media.com. See all of the shows that we have on our growing network, uh, everything from true crime to a little bit of comedy to a little bit of fiction and uh be sure to rate and subscribe and no matter what you think just give them all five stars hey 
Hey everybody, what's going on? It is Tim. I'm here with Lance. We are doing Crawl Space Live today on a Monday, May 11th, 2020. What's up, Lance? Oh, what's going on? Things are great. How are you? Oh, it's it's great. It's it's really awesome to have uh, an all-star on the line with us. Gray Hughes is joining us from Gray Hughes Investigates. What's going on, Gray? Uh, not much. Uh I'm glad you have me on on one of the craziest stories in the history of mankind. Yeah, seriously. When I found out that this is what we were going to be talking about, I um, I kind of did a simultaneous, like, yes, like fist pump, and then I sighed. And I was like, ugh, because it is a bonkers story. Also, thank you for joining us and taking time out of your side gig as a bartender. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Lori, if you've ever watched my show, I usually have Lori moonwalking and dancing in the background in this scene but she took the night off oh okay (laughs) and uh, you cover the the case of Lori Vallow pretty extensively on your channel Gray Hughes Investigates yeah I've actually been covering it since uh, late December like around December 23rd ish and uh, at that time I was in communication with Kay and uh, Charles Woodcock they are the grandparents of one of the two missing children, JJ. And uh, I, I used to be in regular communication with them, but then, like I was telling Tim earlier, Dateline took over and uh, actually called me from Charles's phone and said, hey, no more communication, because they wanted the ex- exclusive story. But it was great at the time to be in communication with them. Oh, man, you were, you were about to scoop them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I did get some really good information back then, and that's what allowed me to put together my famous chart. That every, I, I do mention my chart all the time, but and people say, "God, we should have a drinking game when you mention your chart." <laughs> all right. Well, um, take us through some of the basics of this case, if you don't mind, because uh, I know for one, it's been in the news a lot, and it's kind of hard to follow because there's been a lot of sort of plot twists. Yeah, well, here's where I'm going to switch right over to my my handy-dandy chart, okay? And even just looking at that, your head spins a little bit, but it allows you to uh, follow pretty easily, okay? And I don't have Lori right in the center. I just have her right here. So there's three siblings, Lori, Alex, and a woman named Stacy Lynn Cope. She died in 1998 of something related to diabetes, and her daughter is Melanie right here. Okay, she's the niece of Lori and Alex. Uh, Stacy, uh, what, what, one of the interesting things that I found out in some of these interviews is that Alex right here was the only one at home with Stacy when she died, and then he ended up using her credit cards later. You know, he's a real nice guy. So, uh, I mean, even after she died, he, he took her credit cards and used them. Basically, what I like to do is start around the time where Charles is killed, okay? And back in July of 2019, Charles is killed at Lori's house in Arizona. And she's killed by her brother, Alex. And Alex claims that it was self-defense, so Lori says the same thing. Uh, that uh, Charles attacked him with a baseball bat, and he went back to a room, got a gun, and 
and then shot Charles and killed him. Okay. Now at the house that day was Tylee Ryan, JJ, Charles, Alex, and Lori. So Lori, Alex, Charles, JJ, and Tylee were all at Lori's house that day. And Tylee right here is the daughter of Joseph Ryan and Lori. And Joseph is the third husband of Lori. Charles was the fourth. Joseph Ryan right here was the third husband. They got divorced around, you know, 2000, early 2000s, 2004 ish, something like that. And uh, one of the interesting things is in 2007, Alex Cox here attacked Joseph Ryan at a custody hearing for Tylee and tried to kill him with a stun gun. And his, his, he was really actually trying to kill him. And he, he only served three months in jail. I think he was able to spin out of it somehow but he uh while he was in jail he even tried to get hit a uh, hitman to take out uh, joseph it's a crazy story okay but i just wanted to throw that part in there yes. because, <laughs> just keep keep sprinkling in those little details yeah so so tylee <laughs> tylee right here is the the biological son of joseph ryan and Lori. in 2018 april he died of a heart ailment that's what they was claimed, but now people are looking at him again as possibly dying as a result of some nefarious acts. He, uh, I guess there was around maybe $70,000 in life insurance that went to Tylee, but maybe because of her age, Lori somehow benefited from that. It's hard to say. But let's get back to the day that Charles was killed. He was killed on July 11, 2019, at the home of Lori, Alex right here claimed it was self-defense, shot Charles twice in the chest. Lori was at the home. Was, I mean, all five of them were there, and she drove J.J. to school. Uh, just as the shooting was about to happen, They were uh, Ty, uh, J.J. was already in the car. Tylee was heading out to the car, heard the shots. That's what she told relatives later. And so they didn't actually see the shooting themselves, and Lori then drove... JJ to school, then drove back to the house with uh, Tylee, and you actually can see them on body camera. And you, you got to see this. Uh, if you guys are interested, I can show you the, some of the clips. Sure, yeah, we'll take a look. Come this far. Yeah, what you're about to see here is Alex Cox. You can actually see part of his head right there. He, he makes a 911 call. And he's on the phone. They're telling him to do CPR. And it's strange because his voice never changes. And it doesn't really sound like he's doing any CPR. He waited. After the shooting, he waited five minutes to call 911, he said. He, like, put the phone in another room. And he was doing something. And he waited, you know, four or five minutes to call 911. Then they showed up. And then he puts his hands up in the air as he comes out the door. And then the body cameras pick that up come out, walk outside with your hands empty. Sure. Are you able to do that with your hands sure. up and empty? Yeah. Your front door, right? Yeah. Come on out this way, man. You know no weapons? No weapons on me. Right, come on out this way? Yep. I'm going to have you have a seat right here on the curb. Yep. Who else is in the house? No one else is in the house. Okay, just have a seat right there. Yeah. Let's get FD in here. Yeah. 
Have a seat. Yeah. 18, secure. We got the gentleman out. Uh, have a you have some ID on you, sir? Yeah. What happened today? How did it get to this? I don't know. He was enraged. Well, what's going on? What happened? Well, he was talking with my sister earlier. No, what happened today, though? Like, just in the last 20 just, minutes? He came to, He came at me with a bat. Okay. Was he, he living here or no. visiting? He came to pick up his son. Okay, is his son inside? No. My sister took him to school. Okay, so it was just you at the house? Yes. And he came, how long, what time did he come to pick up, pick up the son? Okay, so you know who he is, let him in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. No, I think they were talking earlier, then she left, and then he got into it with me. Like what? What do you mean? I don't know. He was, he was accusing me of... Come on over here. It's, that truck's going to be really loud. So you can see the gun right there on the ground. Here, you know, he's sitting on the curb, and then the other officer is just walking around in the house. Pretty interesting. So this is the guy who just killed... Um, Alex, Laurie's husband. Charles had filed for divorce in February, earlier in the year, and he was telling relatives that Laurie was even say that, saying that she had to kill him and everything. I mean, it was really wild. Uh, Laurie is a psycho. That's just all there is to it. And But then he didn't file the, the divorce in April, so they, she kind of got back together a little bit, but then it seems like they still were separated, and she he had custody of jj so she was taking care of him because uh, i think he was on a trip and she was taking care of him and he was going there to pick him up and then it's weird how Lori takes the kid that he's picking up jj to school uh she claims she did it because she didn't want him around to hear all the fighting but really just there was an execution about to happen is what was going on there is something here I do want to point out. This scene here, to me, is the, the most crucial scene in the entire uh, body camera footage. When he's sitting there, the officer asks him, you know, what, what's going on? He said, well, he was, he was accusing me, and then Alex realized that wasn't the line that he was supposed to be saying because the answer to that question would implicate him. Oh, no way, yeah. So when, the, when he stands up, the officer says, accusing you of what? And then you can see him. He doesn't answer the question for like six or huh. seven seconds as they walk. And then he goes, I don't know. He was just mad. And the officer let him off the hook. He should have said, no, you said he was accusing. You know, there's a huge difference here. Just listen to how this plays out there. That truck's going to be really loud. What was he accusing you of? You see that? Look at how crap that is. He just got out of that. Yeah. You know, the the answer to what he was accusing you of, he probably said something like, you guys are trying to kill me, aren't you? And then he realized, wait, ooh, I can't say this one. I don't know. He was just yelling at me. And he never got re-asked that question. Yelling at you about? Uh, I my sister because I've broken up a tussle with them earlier. And he told me not to interfere anymore with them or I'd pay. And he came at me with a bat. Okay, so he showed up in the house with a bat in his hand? No. Okay, so... There was a scuffle earlier with my sister and my niece. My niece got involved. About earlier meaning earlier this week, earlier no, no, this no, morning? No, this morning, before they left. Before your, your wife left? My sister. Before your sister left? Yeah. Okay, who lives here with you? 
nobody. I don't live here. My sister lives here and my niece lives here. And you're and just visiting? I was visiting for the night. Okay, so you're over here visiting your sister and yes. your niece. Yes. Okay, and there was a tussle between your sister and her husband. Yes. And does the husband live here or no? No. Okay. Okay, is he an ex-husband or just current husband? Uh, they're working on that. Gotcha. So at some point earlier today, they get into a some type of domestic? Yeah, just this morning, then they left, and then he came at me. They left meaning who? Both my, of the parties? My, or? Yeah, my sister took my niece and my nephew. Okay, so they left. Create some space from him, and then he came at me. Okay, but did he leave also? No. He stayed here? He stayed. So you guys are kind of talking in between, or what? Who are you? Who are you? No, no, just go back. I appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Thank you. <laughs> so you were just, so it's just you and, and uh, your... Yeah, you got nope. Those, yeah, you got those little neighbors that try to jump in. Hey, you know, he kicks them out of there. Yeah. Brother-in-law. Yes. Okay. And kind of go through it. So, say something like, hey, don't touch my sister or... Yeah. So, what is, what, just, yeah. Okay. And then you picked up the bat. Where was the bat at? In the living room. Okay. The guy inside me? No, I haven't got it. So they, they locked it up. Charles is the husband of the occupants here. But I guess he lives in, lives where? Houston. You know what date of birth? No. From Houston? Yeah. Is this vehicle here? How did he get her? Uh, is it here from Texas? No, that's my sister's car. I think he came in a rental car. I think his sister's in You think his sister's in the rental car? Okay. So you both, so you get in an argument. What is it over? Well, it's over my sister. He was, he was uh, getting physical with her, and so my niece came out with her bat, and then he took the bat away from. Her. Wait a minute! I thought you said your niece left. She did. This before. Okay. So before, before your, uh, your sister and your niece left. Yeah. At some point, uh, your sister and her husband are arguing. Yes. Verbal argument. And then your niece pulls out a bat? Well, it wasn't verbal. He was getting close, and she came out to defend my sister with her bat. Your niece? Yes. Okay. And then she poked at him, and he took it away. Okay. And then I, I stepped in and told him they needed to separate. Right. So then my sister leaves with my niece. And how long ago did they leave? It's been like an hour, 10 minutes? 20 minutes, maybe. I don't know. Okay. So not, not terribly long. No, no, no. Oh, okay. And then, uh, and then he's, he's coming back at me, and he's still got the bat in his hand. like, what are you doing? And where are you at? Where are We're you both at? We're in the living room. Okay. And then I turned around, and he hit me in the back of the head with the bat. So I went to my room and got my gun. So carry it. you went to your room, meaning yeah, the room you're room staying, staying in? in? Yeah. Okay, and you brought your uh, brought a gun yes. with you? Yes. Do you always yes. bring a gun? I have a concealed carry always. Okay. Just be safe. Hi, who are, are you? Okay, just oh, no. stand over there for just... See, that's them showing up. That's uh, Lori and uh, Tylee. Oh, I see. Wow. I thought those were neighbors at first. Yeah. Just a second, guys. And then... And JJ's at the school that they just dropped off. Uh, I told him to put the bat down, and he wouldn't, and he came at me again. And the wife just showed up as well. So you told him to put the... Okay, there's really nothing else significant there, but let me show you. They actually interview Lori, and you just watch this crap. It's the craziest thing. Oh, good. Okay. They are are just... uh, Was it um, pretty obvious that, uh, that that fella there was lying? 
well, or, I, I just he doesn't really say much. Uh, he just he seemed like he had a story. The part that threw threw the story out for me was that part that I pointed out because right that wasn't <laughs> what he was supposed to be saying. He realized, oh whoa, accusing me of what? Were there really like two bats found and everything like that? Because that sounded a little crazy. There was a bat next to him on the ground. But I mean, if you look at him, he's perfectly laid out on the ground, and you got this bat. Yeah. Uh, if you listen to the nine one one call itself. Um, I don't know if you guys want to hear that, but it doesn't sound like he's really putting any effort into doing the CPR. I'm interested in yeah. the 911 call. Yeah, yeah. Wait, do you know if he was struck in the head with a bat like he says he was? Uh, well, he, he there's this little tiny mark, and the officers even said, God, there was just this tiny little cut. And if you get hit in the head with a bat, it creates a huge lump, right? I mean, there wasn't any of that. It was just like a little tiny cut that he kept trying to claim he was hit with. Here's the 911 call, though. It, I'll play the whole thing, and then it kind of it slides into the video that we just watched. The emergency. Uh, I, I shot my brother-in-law. Okay, what part of his body is injured? Uh, in the chest. I'm sorry, where? In the chest. Okay, is he awake and responsive or unconscious? Unconscious. Okay, is he breathing? I can't tell. Are you wanting? Are you willing to go over to him and check? Sure. Okay. Do you just let me know if you see his chest going up and down? How old is he? It's not moving. He's sixty. Okay. And are you wanting to start CPR? No, I don't know how to do that. I can walk you through it. Okay. And what I want to do is you're going to put one hand in the center of his chest. Yeah. The other hand's going to go right on top of it. Okay. You're going to interlock your fingers, keeping your arms straight, and you're going to press down hard and fast into his chest. You're going to go okay. two inches down and fairly quickly. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Making sure his chest goes up between each compression. Where's the okay. gun now? Uh, it's in the other room. Okay. PD, we're going to stage for you. Okay, thank you. Okay, just keep going with those compressions. Petey, did you have any other questions? Yes. What's your name, sir? My name is Alex. Last name is Cox. C-O-X. And where are you in the house now? Uh, in the living room. And where is the gun? Uh, it's in a bedroom. Who else is there in the house with you? Uh, just me. It's my gun. It's a forty-five. A pistol, forty-five caliber pistol. Yeah, yeah. What's his name? Your brother-in-law. Charles Vallow. His last name. I'm sorry. V a l l o, Vallow. V like Victor. Or G like George. V like Victor. He sounds so calm. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, he does. He, sound, he sounds annoyed a little uh, bit. God. Thank you. Are you still doing what, chest compressions with him? Yes. Okay, just keep pushing down hard and fast in the center of his chest. Does he have, like, a headset on or something? How's he doing the chest compressions with the phone? Yeah. How long ago did this occur? Also, there's no heavy breathing happen? at all. He doesn't have yeah. any Yeah, maybe five minutes before I called. Okay. Yeah, five minutes before he called. Why would it take five minutes to call 911? 
Well, he had to get his earbuds in and everything so he could do the chest compressions without holding the phone. And make sure he's dead, too. Five minutes. Oh, yeah, that, too. Yeah, exactly. Didn't seem like his hands were really bloody. Wouldn't it? Wasn't, wouldn't his hands have been bloody if he was really giving him CPR? Huh. Four, Maybe that's five, what he was doing in those six, five minutes. Seven, Washing eight, his hands. Washing nine, his hands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, actually, he couldn't have because he went um, yeah. right from here outside. That's a good point, actually. Right. Michelle... Uh, is wondering if the uh, autopsy was released or uh, if there's info out there about the entrance and exit wound of the bullet. Uh, there isn't any information yet on the autopsy of Charles. But as we know, I don't know if you guys know, but this guy's dead too. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Sarah here in the comment chat area said uh, he put the gun away. He put the gun back in the in his room. Is that what he said? He put the gun back after he shot him. That's what he says. He went and put the gun back in the room, and you see it on the ground in the when the officer walks through on the body camera. You can see it. Right, and that's in the room. Yeah, it's in the room that he was staying in. And what's interesting is why was he staying there that night? He lives twenty minutes away, so he's staying there that night, right? Almost like to make sure that he's there when. Charles shows up to pick up his kid. You know, when you look at the stunning odds of something, if you said to yourself, at the house that day was Lori, Alex, Charles, JJ, and Tylee, and the only one known to still be alive is Lori. The two oh kids God. are missing. Charles is dead, and Alex is, uh, is dead. So so what, what happened um, with Tylee and JJ? I, I want to know... Uh, if there's any way that they can be found at this point. I know they're still missing, um, but they've been missing quite a while since September 2019. Yeah, I mean, I, they're just completely uh, off the radar. They, Tylee, Ryan, and JJ were both seen on a, uh, a, uh, a photograph taken at Yellowstone National Park at the Old Faithful... Uh, I actually figured out exactly where this photo was taken. It was at Old Faithful, but it's film, it's shooting the other direction. And um, she hasn't been seen by anybody since that day. Now, J.J. had been seen a couple weeks later in Rexburg, and then he just disappeared as well. But uh, before we get off of, completely off of this uh, footage, you guys want to see Lori's her interaction with the police. Yes. <laughs> yes please. Sure. It's crazy. Okay. It's, uh... I'm sure we're not going to get frustrated at all. <laughs> no. All right. Let me get your information. Does your husband live here? Or no. no oh. Gotcha. Okay. You guys know that. Uh, gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Let me just get your. Do you have a driver's license? Click. Yeah, I can just grab those. I put my own wording on the screen. Thank you. L O R I. What does your middle initial stand for? Uh, Noreen. Noreen. N O R E N. 
V-A-L-L-I. What's a phone number for you, Lori? She's so happy to tell her weight and height in a minute. You live here, though, not in Santana. This is your home? Right, Gotcha, right. okay. We just moved in here. Gotcha. How long have you guys lived here? How long have you lived here? Like three weeks. Oh, geez. Yeah, okay. That's why the neighbors don't know us. <laughs> gotcha. Like, hi, neighbor, sorry. Are you working at all? Uh, no. Okay. And uh, you're still about <laughs> five, six, mm-hmm. 120. Mm-hmm. What? Jesus. Thank you, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Hello, young lady. Hi. Let me just get your information. How old are you? Sixteen. Sixteen? Okay. And that's mom? Okay, what's your first name, hon? Do you have a driver's license? I do. It's inside. Nice. So you're a new driver, huh? How do you like People, that? Well, almost 17. Almost? Oh, so you're an old hat then. Yeah, I drove uh, here from Texas by myself, so I'm pretty used to it by now. Okay. Uh, what's your birthday, hon? And you live here with mom? You know how tall you are? What do you think you weigh? Mm, probably like five, one maybe. Mm-hmm. What do you think you weigh? 160 maybe. Okay. Red or, oh, that's brown for sure. Blonde too. You guys, I'm going to a blonde young lady here. Mm-hmm. Not, and then blue eyes? Yeah. You have very blue eyes. That's not under debate. Okay. Do you have your own phone number? I do. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious about... Um, about Alex, how do, so Alex is is dead two months later after this, or a few months later, and uh, how did that happen? Alex died on December twelfth, but see, there's all that's all okay. part of this crazy timeline here. So, right. So let me, I'll get back to that part now, and then it'll all start falling together. So in July, so he got killed July. Charles was killed July eleventh, two thousand nineteen. Okay, and that was Lori's current husband, who was soon to be ex-husband, apparently. Yeah. So they said. Right. Okay. And, and then Lori, who had already been communicating with this Chad Daybell guy, the sort of the end-of-earther prepper cult uh, leader type guy, she she had already, already been communicating with him and then moved to Rexburg on, I think it was August 31st. She moved there, and then she enrolled J.J. into school there, but then just a few days later, disenrolled him. Almost like, uh, I'm not sure if that's the word, unenrolled or <laughs> But anyway, she was, you know, she took him out of school because I think that there was a plan developed in her mind right around that time. Why would you do that? Enroll a kid and then like four days later, take him out and say you're going to homeschool him. So it was right around September. And then uh, Alex, Lori, Tylee and JJ all went to the the four surviving members of that shooting incident, by the way, (laughs) at that moment. You know, uh, Charles was dead, but those four all went to Yellowstone National Park and took a a photo there. And let me show you the the photo. This is the photo taken there. And then I found out the location. You can see the little discoloration, the mountain range back there. That was in September. The last known sighting of Tylee was that photograph right there, or at that park. And then J.J. was seen in 
at the apartment complex on Ring Doorbell, I think around the 20, in the, like, September 20th, around that time, and then he disappeared. Then on, one of the interesting timeline deals here is on October 2nd, three things happened that are interesting. There's actually surveillance footage at a storage facility in Rexburg where you see Chad and Lori moving seats and so forth. This is on October 2nd. They're moving seats in and out of the storage unit, and you can see Chad pat Lori on the ass, you know. So obviously there's something more going on at this point. And also on October 2nd, Lori goes on to Amazon and purchases two rings, uh, rings for getting married. And if you see the ring right there, that ring is, it's a, what is it, malachite? That's some special yeah, mineral in the cult that they're in. It gives you power. <laughs> it's crazy. Oh, so, gotcha. so, so she bought these, and then let me show you. It's actually in their wedding pictures right there. See that? So on October 2nd, she's buying the wedding rings that she eventually uses in the marriage with Chad later on, but that hasn't even happened yet. You know, we're on October 2nd, she buys a ring, she's at the storage facility, and in Arizona, Brandon Boudreaux on that very same day is shot at by a person driving the, the Jeep that Tylee would normally drive when she was known to exist. She would drive that. But since Charles, and Charles was the registered owner of it, he died. So now Lori has control of the Jeep. Because we don't, Tylee hasn't been seen since September, right? So on October 2nd, that Jeep is seen on surveillance. It's actually the license number and everything matches the one that Tylee drove. And Brandon said it was Alex driving the Jeep, and he shot at him and just missed him, and the bullet hit the, the vehicle. I mean, isn't that crazy? And, and, guess, and his wife is Melanie, the niece of Lori. <laughs> Okay, so it's crazy. Okay, so the guy who was shot at was Lori's niece's husband. Yeah, and uh, so that was on October 2nd. Then they ended up getting divorced. Uh, Melanie, I mean, see, I think a lot of this stuff has to do with getting life insurance policies. Okay? Yeah. And the interesting thing... A lot of marriages. Yeah, Charles was, yeah Charles was a genius, though, because on, in February of last year, he took Lori off the life insurance policy. It was a million-dollar life insurance policy. And then after he died, you know, they actually had a barbecue, a pool party that night at, at Lori, that same house that Charles was shot in. They had a big party. That, that night? Yeah, yeah. That's what they say. The neighbors said, oh, yeah, they were all having a big party out in the back. and <laughs> Because they probably thought they were going to get a, a cool million dollars, right? But it didn't happen. So she was really pissed about that. So they didn't know that, uh, Lori didn't know that she wasn't on the life insurance at that point? No, she didn't know. And she got really angry, and oh. it was all given to Kay Vallow right here. Kay is the grandmother of JJ. So the way, the whole JJ scenario is kind of interesting. Is um, He's not Lori's biological kid at all. Um, it One of Kay Woodcock's kids had a child, and it was with another woman, and they were on drugs, and J.J. was a result of them, and they couldn't take care of it, so the state asked Kay to take J.J., and they, 
they they did take care of him, but they actually Charles thought it would be a better match in his family because you know he had a, a Tylee as a sister he would have, and so Charles adopted JJ. So uh, JJ is the biological grand son of Kay, and I guess he would be like a great uncle or something, Charles, but they adopted him. So that's how that works out. So, um, I mean, that's just an aside, but it just shows you how complex this whole damn thing is. It's crazy. An important part here of the story is Tammy Daybell right here. They, they were married for 20-something years, Chad and Tammy here. Okay, and this is the guy that Lori has been communicating with, with the big-time podcaster, end-of-earther, you know, just wackadoodle. Okay, these two people here... They were communicating, but he was married. And Chad here, and there's this lady out there named uh, Julie Rowe. They had been having visions of Tammy dying. Just, oh, I think she's going to die in a car accident. Oh, maybe it's going to be. But they kept visioning it. Then they would. Then the visions would go away, and they'd say, oh, the angels behind the veil have given her more time. And now they, they see her dying again. And then, boom, on look, look at this crazy... Uh, message she put on Facebook on October 9th. Okay, it said something really weird happened and I want you to know so you can watch out. I had gotten home and parked in front uh, in our front driveway as I was getting stuff out of the back seat. A guy wearing a ski mask was suddenly standing by the back of my car with a paintball gun. He shot at me several times although I don't think it was loaded. I yelled for Chad and he ran off around the back of my house. I have no idea what his motive was, and he never spoke, even after I asked him several times what he thought he was doing. I was about to smack him with my freezer meals from enrichment tonight when I decided to yell for Chad instead. Okay, now I think that that was an actual, because it was a silencer used to shoot at Brandon Boudreaux by yeah. Alex, and I wouldn't be surprised at all if that was actually a silencer. Chad knew about it and said, Oh, yeah, that was just a paintball gun because he missed again. You know, I bet you he missed again, um, Alex did. I think Alex, it's hard to say who the shooter was, but let's just say I think the shooter was trying to kill her and missed. And um, what's amazing is 10 days later she does die in the middle of the night sleeping. You know, and she was yeah uh, she was in great shape. Um, and amazingly, they didn't even do an autopsy at the time. Chad, uh, Chad goes, yeah, you know, cause it looked like a natural cause. They just sort of let it go. And so they have exhumed her body though. And we're still waiting to get the results of that. But interestingly, the day after her body was exhumed is the day that Alex died in his house with foam coming out of his mouth. All right. So how did Alex die? Yeah, well, they, the autopsy did just come out, and they made it sound like he, did, he had narrowing of his heart, uh, arteries, and so forth. Tammy was only 49? Yeah, she's young, and she was uh, practicing for, like, a partial marathon. I mean, she was really good shape and everything. 
She was practicing for a partial marathon. She was only 49 years old, and then she just dies of natural causes, and yeah. no, one's, no one's like, this is extremely odd? No, but it became really odd when all these pieces were put together like we're doing right here, and so they yeah. exhumed her body at that point, you see. Right. <laughs> just what are the odds that it's not intentional at this point with all of these deaths? In this little circle. Yeah, everything's unintentional or accidental or just is what it what they say it was. Um, I don't know. Pretty pretty slim chances, I'd say. Any idea about Tylee and JJ, where they could be? Uh, no. Nobody has a clue. But uh, you said that there was a sighting of JJ that was a couple of weeks after or a week or so after. Yeah. Who's... Who who uh, turned that sighting in? Who saw him? It's a ring doorbell camera in the apartment complex. Oh, oh, wow. You can actually see him. He's running and playing. Uh, <clears throat> the, probably the most disturbing part of this story is is that Lori had had said that, oh, by the way, um, they also, Lori claimed that Tammy Daybell was a zombie. Now, it's important to know what this stuff means. It, it really is. It's a huge part of the story. <laughs> Lori believed that Tylee and JJ were zombies, okay? And what that, I actually have a document, believe it or not, on this that I put together from screenshots. You said zombie, right? I didn't, I didn't mishear you? No, I really, that's really what I said. It's crazy. Yeah, see, they actually believe, and here's that part in the document. It says healing malachite solution balm. Okay, this is, an, this is a document that Brandon had. And it was from information that Ian Pulowski, the husband of Melanie, the niece of Lori, gave because he actually was wearing a wire for the FBI or for the police because he was having concerns. Lori believes she was a translated being and cannot die, cannot reproduce because now she doesn't want any more kids anyway. So you have to explain now I'm a, I'm a translated being because I'm not going to have any more kids and you know, do not need sleep or food and do not feel the sorrow of the world. And that's why she can explain her giggling at the crime scene. She has no sorrow for the world, right? You know, she's just laughing there. Injury is, is possible, but healing is accelerated and it's never fatal. Um, they they mm. also believe there are 50 dark translated humans that are that high level. Uh, and they're, they're dark, though. And no, and she names two of the detectives that are looking into him, of course. <laughs> you know, hey, everybody, if you're part of my cult, let's put these two people on the hit list. Um, and those dark forces work under the direction of Satan, Lucifer. And here is, well, here's, here's, here's the zombie part, though. though. Here's, this, this part's nuts. Watch this. Human bodies that have their original spirits forced from them have been possessed by either a demon, original third of the heavenly host who followed Lucifer, disembodied spirit, once living human spirit who have chosen not to be reborn to another uh, probation, or a worm slug, a creature controlled by Lucifer that enters the body to control the host. And I think that's what she thinks, that J.J. and Tylee are worm slugs. And and it says down here the the only way it works the way it works I'll just describe it in in the layman's terms is that a zombie can a evil spirit can take over a human host if there's trauma in that person's life so if something bad happens your sort of your spirit's weak 
the evil spirit can come in, take you out, and your spirit is put in limbo. So it's just floating in limbo. So J.J. and Tylee's spirits are floating in limbo. That's what she believes. And that their actual hosts were taken over by evil spirits. The only way, and it'll be there forever until the, the vessel, the body, is destroyed. So by killing the actual body, it frees the souls from limbo. And they can go to heaven or wherever they believe they go. But that is batshit crazy. That I'm not. I'm not just saying this because uh, Doctor Shiloh's in the chat room here. Uh, that's almost the plot of season three of Twin Peaks. But that doesn't give us much hope for uh, for no, these it doesn't. kids. Yeah, just think about it like this. In Lori's mind, she's doing something great. She's freed right. these kids, but. You know she doesn't really think that, but that's what her story would be. Yeah, you know, and because everybody's a zombie, they become a zombie if they cross her. It's weird. Like everybody's a zombie. As soon as you do something, oh, you're a zombie. Okay, and then it gives you her the right to take you out because you're actually doing something great. Because I'm freeing the nice person that you were before. You know, it's just. Well, if she actually thought this and she did something to the children, why wouldn't she take the? Why wouldn't she put that on display and say, "Look what I've done! I freed them." Right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's true. And another thing too. Yeah. And and that's why. See, every time she'll she'll say something like, "Oh, they're doing great. They're doing great." I just can't tell you where they're at. Well, you're right because you you don't want to prove that they're still alive because they're probably not alive. But you think they're doing great because you freed their souls. So this is mostly playing out in Idaho at this point? Yeah. Well, right now, Melanie and Ian live in Arizona. It's weird how that sort of flip-flop because Ian's from Idaho. Uh, but they're uh-huh. in Arizona. And you know, then we all know that Lori and Chad, right around late November when the police went to investigate them, moved all the way to Hawaii. And they finally were, you know, Lori was arrested and moved back to Rexburg. And she's, you know, the judge has even said, just prove that they're alive and you don't even need bail at this <laughs> point, right? Because that's so easy to do, right? Hold up a piece of, uh, you know, newspaper article with COVID on it or something. And, uh, you know, they're alive and you could prove it, but they're not doing that. 